Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Froke. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski, and today we have the man who goes by, Zach LS. He runs the SDR org over at LiveRamp, and holy smokes, he is teaching you how to work between SDRs and AEs. Nick, why should people listen? If you are an SDR who is trying to figure out the process and structure for how the heck you even work your book of accounts, how you should be working with your AE, how you should be working to get a promotion. This is one that you want to give a listen to. Zach leads a really killer team of SDRs. And if you want to learn from one of the best, well, you might want to stick around. Three, two, one. Please stick around. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with RocketReach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes.
All right, Zach, welcome to the show. We start every single interview with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. All right. Number one is have a step-by-step prospecting checklist. The main takeaway here is have an order of operations as you're reaching out to clients. This needs to be really structured and streamlined to ensure that you're having repeatable processes. The way that this looks like for us is a six-step approach, prioritizing accounts, internal research, external research, finding the right prospects, actually reaching out to those people, and of course, researching them as well, understanding what they care about, and then communicating with them. So that's the way it looks. But the key here, have a gold standard. What does that process and method look like? And then be consistent. Beautiful. What's number two? Number two is tighten your SDR and AE alignment. And the way we look at this is two different ways. So first off, in those weekly SDR AE one-on-ones, have a real clear agenda in a standardized format to ensure that you're having consistency there as well. As you guys see, consistency is the theme here. Reviewing the previous week, planning for the current week, some coaching involved in there as well. Also, part of that tightening alignment, SDR should be sending a weekly recap to their AE of what they accomplished that week. It shows what was good, what wasn't so good, also ensures that there's accountability on both sides. Beautiful. What's number three? Round us out. Number three is creating a vertical outreach matrix. And this is three buzzwords just smashed together, but I promise it's good. The idea here is that we have a chart, right? Think about personas going down one column and across we have different vertical industries. So that way you can realize you're reaching out to a certain persona. Let's say it's the head of marketing. You want to reach out to someone at an automobile company. I now have in this box everything I need to reach out to that persona. I might have use cases. I might have relevant content and case studies. I might have a cadence or a sequence to use. And I definitely will have relevant clients that we can name drop for social proofing. That way, everything's in one place. It's clear. I know who I'm reaching out to, the type of company, come to this box in this grid, and boom, you have your outreach. All righty, Zach. So you've built an SDR machine over at LiveRamp. I've seen a series of entirely useless SDR and AE one-on-ones occur in the past. And so what is the magic formula or the right agenda or structure for an SDR AE one-on-one? Yeah, I think I've been in some of those same ones with you, Armand, because they are bad when they uh, don't go well. But getting those right is key. And it starts with documentation. So there are a few ways to do this. It's really a personal preference. But if you're working out of a Google Doc, if you're keeping those running notes, even just in the calendar invite, the point is that you want to have some way to document everything. And you have a weekly way to look back and see what were our notes from the previous week? What are action items? The way that we like to structure these is really, it's pretty straightforward. It's simply looking back at the previous week. What worked well? Who do we have warm touches on? Where are we seeing some sort of positive activity? Did we have meetings? Do we have upcoming meetings? Look at those last week's results, and then from there, understand what the next best action is. Typically, we'll see the AE drive that basically just on experience alone and seniority level within the company. I will see some of my more senior SDRs start to take action there and really drive what they want to be accomplishing, helping say, hey, here are the results from last week, but going forward, this is what I think we should be doing. Here's what I think the plan of attack should be this week. Basically, what we talked about, you know, and one of the takeaways is helping prioritize accounts. This is really where we come through that. What accounts should we be looking at? Where should we be focused on? What warm signals are we getting saying someone's actually in market? How do we help prioritize that? And what's the plan of attack for this week? That's the SDR. Those are the insights the SDR is getting to help drive that forward. 
So Zach, one way that I've seen this go really well in the better one-on-ones in the past is it's sort of like um, if you've ever seen those automated dog kibble feeders is every week you start with a bowl of kibble and the dog eats a little bit of kibble and then some more kibble gets put onto the plate automatically. And what that means for an SDR and AE is you might start last week working 10 accounts. And then the following week, you might get responses from three, positive or negative, and you do the look back on those three, positive or negative. And then you say, hey, let's add another three because those are rejected or we booked meetings with two of them, et cetera. So you have this constant rolling basis of accounts that you need to break into and you're adding as new versus accounts that you're actively working. Do you have any guidance for SDRs and AEs in terms of keeping track of that process because I imagine an SDR is working 200 accounts sometimes with their AEs and it's hard to keep track of what we've already worked versus what's in progress versus we've gotten DQ'd on. Yeah, and I'm glad that we got a kibble reference in there, Armand. I was really expecting that today. So I'm, I like the analogy here. What we do is it's really in spreadsheets. This is where our, our team lives in their own personal spreadsheet. So think about an AE's book of business will be nicely organized by account. Maybe you have revenue size, company size, kind of the key things that you care about. The SDR will basically take a copy of that and add their own columns in there. When did we last reach out? Did we get a positive response? Who are the key people? Did Sally and marketing refer us to Jen in the media team, for instance? What are the notes that we can take? What are the next steps in there? And how do we then action on it? So let's say that we take this a step deeper and I now have my sheet of, we'll call it 100 accounts. And Nick's my SDR today. And so good luck to me closing anything this quarter. And now what I need to do is I need to say, Nick, we're going to work these 10 accounts, for example, right? One thing that's oftentimes tricky is who's responsible for working an account? Is it the AE does the research and points the SDR in the right direction? Is it the SDR's job to do all of the research and surface that back to the AE? Who's doing what when you're breaking into an account? Yeah. So the the research we like to take on as SDRs, that's where our time is best spent. We want to make sure that our AEs are actually selling. So when we think about the research, there are many ways to go about it. And one of the takeaways was talking about some of the process, right, in prospecting. And when we think about research, I really put in two different buckets. It's internal research and it's external research. So when you think of that internal research, what I refer to there is really looking at past history. If you're a mature enough company, you maybe have talked to some of these companies before. So it's digging through your CRM, you use Salesforce, looking through past opportunity notes, any calls, getting the notes in there. Um, if you're using a, a call recording like a wingman or a gong to see what, what we can have from any past conversation that we can leverage in our outreach, looking through your sales engagement platform like a sales loft or an outreach understanding what has been said, what's been communicated, what's been messaged. Maybe we got a rejection, but it was a very specific one. Hey, we're not ready because of X, Y, and Z. Now we can reach out because the timing's better. So first, figure out what's going on with this account, especially if you've talked to them before. It sounds like one of the things that you're doing is saying, hey, SDR is responsible for saying, hey, if we've got a closed loss at this account 18 months ago, it's probably worth reaching out to them again. One area that I've seen this go wrong is... I did this where I would get an account and I would read all, and I mean all of the notes about this account. And I'm literally going back through 
years and years of emails. And I would write these emails that were like a novel because I was trying to capture everything that I had learned about that account in a way to re-engage them. Can you talk to me about if I'm in SDR and I run a closed loss report and I'm like, wow, here's a bunch of people I can reach out to. What should my reach out to them actually look like? What should it contain? Yeah. And I hear you on like the analysis paralysis, you know, we'll see chunks and chunks of notes and it's overwhelming at times. Really what we're looking for, it's from an actual outreach perspective, super soft messaging. Hey, I noticed that you talked with our team six months ago. We talked about X, Y, and Z. Hey, here's what's new at our company. Or, hey, here's why we think this is a relevant time to reach out. So we'll look to see, hey, has anyone recently got hired? Some of those various triggers that you'll have. Who's been hired to work at the company taking on a key role? Has someone moved over from one of our past customers? Obviously, some sort of champion that we worked with. Think of like a user gems type of use case. Those are gold. They don't happen all the time, but we'll look for it. Anything in external research, whether that's something that they might have said in their 10K, something we read online, whether it's an individual there who posted on LinkedIn with hiring updates, new plans. We work more or less in the advertising business. So even if we see, hey, there's a good ad that I saw on TV, we can use that as a signal. That's an awesome way to get somebody's attention. I've actually done that when I prospect for 30 Minutes to President's Club to some of our advertisers where I'm like, hey, I love this thing you did over here. We should do even more of that. You advertise with us. I'm curious, how many individual human beings will you be prospecting into an account at any given time? That's a good question. It's a smallish number. We typically sell into the marketing department. So we're looking for those types of titles, usually try to go above the line. So we'll see. In some cases, we'll maybe throw like 20 into a cadence, but ideally somewhere around five to 10. It can be really small. At the biggest companies in the world, there's going to be obviously be more. But if it's one of our more mid-market type of accounts, which is still larger, I think, than most other companies' mid-market level, maybe 15, but not not a huge amount. So we really have to get surgical and crafty with our outreach because just you know taking a shotgun and spraying and praying isn't going to get us anywhere. So you mentioned that the SDRs are going to be doing the research portion. If you're going this deep and wide into a book of 20 accounts, are you doing things like having the AE do any outreach or being more personalized? Are you doing things like having your executives reach out or is it always the SDR doing the outreach? Yeah, good question. So we usually divide and conquer. Occasionally, we'll see that the AE will take kind of the key decision maker. So whether that's C-suite, SVP level, kind of depends on the level of company. They might handle that, whereas the SDR will handle outreach everywhere else. The SDR will occasionally see if we have anyone connected, of course, on LinkedIn who can make a warm introduction. That's key there as well. But we want to make sure that there is some division in labor. But one thing I've really liked seeing is there are kind of two different things. One is where the SDR will CC the AE on it, help, kind of helps up level the conversation. Another version of that is where SDR will lead with the first email. If we don't get a response, AE then comes over the top. Um, one, it looks like it's another voice, but two, it also helps up-level that AE a little bit saying, hey, here's the, the true account owner. We're in the big leagues now, and that sometimes will solicit a response. So we kind of almost, it's like a version of good cop, bad cop, if you will, to ultimately get the response we're looking for. Can you talk to me about, let's say you've got a contact at an account that you want to break into, a CMO at an important account? What does the prospecting motion look like, knowing that you're probably not going to get a response on your very first cold call or very first cold email? 
Yeah, many touches, of course, but I want them to be as personalized and intentional as possible. So it really goes back to that that first key takeaway is around just the prospecting checklist and how we think about that. So once we've deemed, hey, this is the right account, but this is the right person, let's say that we've already checked those boxes, we're then looking, again, past conversations they've had with us. What can we learn from anyone we've talked to prior? What do we have externally? What's on their company website? What can we find on Google? What's in their 10K? Did this CMO post anything on LinkedIn? Do they have a TED Talk? What came out in their earnings? Anything that we can do to help get to that person in a really streamlined way is ideal. Occasionally, too, we will then be looking lower down in the org to see if we can get someone who can maybe either make the intro to the CMO, ultimately get the CMO to the meeting, or at the very least has the CMO's ear. So we know we might not be at our signer per se, but we're at a key decision maker nonetheless. Zach, I want to go back to this concept that you mentioned, which is the SDRs being super personalized. They're doing all this outreach. Maybe they find something in the 10K. Maybe they find a closed last op and they're not breaking in yet. They haven't gotten a reply. You talked about changing the voice with an AE. At what point in a sequence or cadence would that happen? And then what would they usually say? as an interjection? Yeah, it's, I would say it's typically it would be around email two or three, pretty early on in the sequence. Like let's give them one shot, but then it's, it's almost like bouncing back and forth, different voices coming in there. SDR should go in heavy personalization, tying that relevance to the value prop. AE then comes on top, might just be simple as introducing how they are. Ideally, this is where they're bringing in how they've worked with similar similar clients. They can bring in a specific example. So if you're reaching out to Walmart and then the AE comes over the top saying, hey, we just solved this problem for Target, that would carry weight, we would think, with someone like Walmart. It's not perfect in every situation. We can't always draw on it, but that's a perfect world how it should look. So we've talked a lot about, hey, you've already got two or three accounts that you know you're going to reach out to. Here's how you reach out to them. I want to actually take a step back to some of the prioritization pieces. And specifically, one of the things that I've seen really good SDRs do is they don't just wait for their AE to pass them accounts and sit on their own hands. If they're co-working a territory with an AE, they're going to be in there and they're going to be sharpshooting opportunities or looking for things that happen on key accounts. And so when it comes to account selection, do you have any best practices for SDRs identifying the low-hanging fruit or finding different spots in a territory they might sharpshoot? We look at this in three different ways when we think about account prioritization. The first is basically sorting by what's going to drive that deal size. And that's going to look different at different companies. At LiveRamp, we're going to typically look at something like media spend as an indicator of how large we think that deal could be. But at some companies, it might be how many sellers do you have, um, how many people are in seed if it's like an HR software. It depends, but sort it by that. So you have your book of business sorted by that. From there, we're also looking at intent signals. Let's see who's in market. Let's fish where the fish are. So we'll see, hey, is someone actually coming onto our website? Do we have multiple people who seem to be engaged? They haven't reached out yet, but are they showing those signals that they might be either becoming in market, they're aware, or they're going to get to the point where they're going to start making some decisions? And then the third one is leader judgment, essentially. And leader judgment in this case would be those AEs. Where do the AEs want us to start? And that might be mainly between the, the first top two, but it also might be something along the lines of 
we just think there's a good fit here because we work with a lot of similar companies, or maybe they know someone who works there, they've worked with them at a past job, something like that. Zach, there's a lot that these SDRs have to be doing to be successful. I'm just thinking about the things that we've talked about in our conversation between we're looking at who's coming on our site, we're doing research on people, I'm tearing down accounts with my with my AE, I'm building this vertical, horizontal buzzword chart. How do you recommend that these SDRs or even any salesperson that's prospecting structures their day? and plans how they are going to spend their time so that they get all of this stuff done without working 832 hours a year. Yeah, right. No, we're, we're focused on that. You know, I definitely encourage my team to work 80 hour weeks and to grind and not have a personal life at all. <laughs> that's, that's my leadership style, fellas. Seriousness. It's hard, right? We call this an entry level job and there's a ton of things you need to do and you got to be sharp and it's hard work. You're going to grind for sure. The way they need to come into the day though is with a clear cut plan. Know the accounts you want to reach out to. Go through that checklist. So, hey, we I know I'm going to hit these five accounts today. We're going to hit, you know, Nike, Adidas, Puma, and Allbirds today. Here's I'm going to start with Nike. Here's my order of operations. I'm going to start working down this. Get to a point where I've got my research done, and then from there I start my outreach. You might have something that breaks up the day, like a, a one-on-one, either with me, one of their managers, their account executive, even if it's maybe just something with the other SDRs, like do something just to move around, get the creative juices flowing. Prospecting at your desk for eight or nine hours a day is going to drive pretty much any sane person insane. So I encourage them, get up, go play ping pong, whatever it may be, but have that clear process coming into the day. And then from there, kind of work in like almost micro blocks, if you will. Hey, here's my Nike, two-hour Nike block. I'm going to focus there. Here's my two-hour Adidas block. I'm going to focus there. few things to break up that chunk of the day. That's a different way than we've heard people talk about breaking up their day before. Oftentimes, people will structure their day from a task perspective. Okay, from 9 to 11 are my cold calls. Then I'm going to take a little break. Then I'm doing two hours of research for all my accounts. But what you're talking about, and I think this is because you have such a smaller book of accounts, it's like, I'm spending two hours just on Nike because I've got to be able to go so deep. I want to be in the Nike headspace. So I'm researching, I'm reading, I'm also prospecting, and Nike is my only customer for that two-hour block. That's a really creative way you're doing things. I just want to double down on the other benefit of working in those two-hour blocks, whether you're doing the two hours Nike, two hours Adidas, or whether you're doing two hours account research, an hour of cold calling, is there is a huge benefit to backstopping a two-hour block with a one-on-one. And it does a couple things. Number one, Zach, to your point, if you do eight hours of prospecting straight, you are not going to want to do it again next day. It's this boom-bust cycle of energy. And so number one, you get a nice refuel. But then number two, you are time-bounding it and you're setting a goal for yourself of the account or the action that you want to take in these two hours. So instead of it being this long, insurmountable eight-hour uninterrupted sprawl of prospecting, you're saying, I need to break into Nike before my one-on-one, otherwise this is going to spill into the next one. And so it creates an artificial box for you to complete that activity. And then the reward at the end of it is going on a one-on-one walk or something of that sort. Yeah, well, you just need to break up the day. I mean, sitting at your desk all day, looking at names on LinkedIn, cold calling, researching, it can get monotonous. Uh, So we do, it's you know, almost like what, what's the carrot that we're going to dangle at the end of that block, whether it's the one-on-one, 
uh, like you said, even just a walk around the block is at lunch, something like that. Hey, I'm just going to go get a cup of coffee now. Something to look forward to um, is huge. Zach, I want to take this in a slightly different direction, which is on the note of SDRs are managing so many different things. Let's say they develop a mastery of the time blocking, the account research, the prospecting, the emails, the cold calls, and all this stuff. I've done this for six, nine, 12 months. I'm destroying my quota. Now I need to start adding other forms of professional development onto my calendar as well. In other words, I need to start prepping to become an AE. So whether that's going and having conversations with AE managers, whether that's listening to AE-focused or closing-focused podcasts, whether that's practicing demos with an AE, I'm curious, as an SDR is getting ready for the next step, what are some of the best practices that an SDR can control to own their own promotion path? Yeah, it's, it's such a hot topic here too right now, Armand, so I'm glad that you asked it. It's doing what you can outside of work. That's easy. That's totally within your control. Reading LinkedIn, listening to this podcast, um, great ways that you can control what you can learn about the best closing experience. Tons of great sales books out there as well. So read, 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 listen. Um, there's so many resources that are at people's disposal that probably weren't even there you know, 10, 15 years ago. Internally, what I try to encourage my team to do is stay on these calls longer. So, you know, a lot of SDRs will get that first meeting. Let's use Nike as an example. They get that first meeting. They ask their AE, hey, did this go well? Do we think we can check a box? Is there an opportunity? Check the box and move on. Stay involved. A lot of the folks you guys talk to, and very much so here at LiveRamp, we have really long sales cycles. So what happens from that first conversation to what actually happens a year later when that deal is finally closing and the ink is drying? There's a lot of stuff that happens there. So I encourage my team stay on those calls, especially once they've built the rapport with their AE, bring them into those additional meetings. Not only will they learn more, they also might hear certain things that is going on either other lines of business or with other departments within uh, that company. So it's going to help you multi-thread as well. So it's mutually beneficial for both the SDR to learn, but also maybe they uh, hear something too. We get more people involved. We get a different department involved. Uh, It might lead to additional opportunity as well. All right, Zach, we are running out of time. So we've got to move to the final question, which is we've talked about a lot of really great things salespeople should be doing. Now I got to ask you about a shouldn't. And the shouldn't is what's one bad habit you see a lot of salespeople exhibiting that you think they need to break because it hurts them more than it helps? I mean, you guys probably got a gist of this uh, in our intro here, but buzzwords being overly formal and just corporate in outreach, killer. My rule of thumb, write like you talk. Uh, I feel like I should hashtag that. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you are really conversational in your tone, using contractions, short snippets, and small sentences, and it's actually conversational, that's what's going to resonate in an email. It doesn't need to be overly formal. doesn't need to be super buttoned up. Professional, conversational, right like you talk. Boom. Zach, thank you for joining us. Everybody stick around for a 60-second recap coming up soon. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. 
This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Zach LS include number one, when you're prioritizing accounts, try to find the low-hanging internal research first, aka closed loss opportunities, and then move to the external research like a Form 10K. Number two, in your weekly one-on-ones between an SDR and an AE, do a look back on all the past accounts you work, and then look forward on the new accounts that you're going to work, and have specific columns in your account sheet for SDRs to fill in any findings from their outreach. Number three, look for triggers when you're refreshing an account to change up the messaging. That might be a new person, a new contact, a customer move to that account, something in the 10K, or maybe even an ad on TV. And then lastly, number four, work in two-hour blocks. That might be two hours for Nike, two hours for Adidas, and then backstop those blocks with something like a one-on-one so you don't do an eight-hour sprint and feel exhausted. All righty, Nick, how can people help us out? Well, if you listened to this episode and you thought, damn, I wish my team did half of the stuff that Zach talked about here, my recommendation is to share this episode as a subtle, not so subtle hint with your AE or with your SDR leader as a way to be like, hey, here are some best practices from Zach and 30 Minutes to President's Club. We should be doing this. I promise you will make more money, you'll have more fun, and you'll have more time to listen to episodes of 30 Minutes to President's Club. We'll see you next week. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes.